Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Leon Cooperman. Leon, you are the CTO of CAST, and CAST is found on the web at cast.ai. Leon, thank you for joining us. Hey, Josh. Great to talk to you. Love the energy. For sure. Well, that's, that's, that's my job. I got one job. I just, I have to bring energy. You bring all the wisdom and, and, and the smarts. Uh, and, and speaking of that, enlighten us, please, on what CAST is and what you do. Sure. So I, I am, um, I'm kind of prone to entrepreneurship through my career. I've only worked for large companies kind of in culminating moments. Like the last one was uh, through an acquisition. So it's kind of been startup life for most of my 25 plus years in business. And usually the thing that we do next is a problem that we encountered previously. So for example, like in the last company that we were building, we had a massive argument on a monthly basis with our CEO about the cost of the cloud. Like we were building our startup business on the cloud because there's no capital expenditure. It's all OPEX. It's, it's a great model to start things off, but every single month we'd get the next cloud bill and then Yuri and I would have it out. And the truth was, I really didn't know where the money was going to an extent. It was, a very difficult bill to read. If you've ever ever opened an AWS bill, it's hundreds of pages long. You have to be a rocket scientist to kind of digest it. And we tried everything to get those costs under control, and we ultimately failed. While the product was extra, like was great, it was successful. Customers loved it. Financially, it worked out to be a really good business. Um, we ultimately failed in the endeavor of getting our cloud costs under control. And this is what a lot of companies are going through exactly right now in the economy, everyone, it, it feels like we're almost selling water in the desert, Josh, to be honest, <laughs> because everyone is looking for ways to tighten their belt right now. And luckily we had kind of started this vision from a previous pain point in our history. And we happened to hit a product market fit right at the right time in the, in the economic cycle. So to answer, uh, to make a long story short, we work with customers in the very specific cloud technology space to ensure that they're not wasting resources in cloud expenditure and, and our kind of promises, we can at least save you 50% of your bill. Okay, so what would be some examples of end user customers that, that you've worked with or you know, folks that are listening that uh, ought to be paying close attention? What, what, what's going on in their lives? How would they know that they would be a really good candidate to partner with, um, with CAST? So the, the first, if we work with very specific kind of verticals, so I'll give you an example, ad tech companies, software as a service companies, anyone who's really using uh, uh, heavily heavy users of the three major 
major public clouds. So AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, Microsoft Cloud, Microsoft's Cloud would be candidates, but only if you're using a specific technology stack, which is called, uh, sometimes referred to as cloud native, but the underlying open source stack is called Kubernetes. And for those folks that are not familiar, I can kind of give you a brief history and explain why we oh. focus on that area. Oh yeah, pretend you're talking with a sixth grade class. Yeah, so Kubernetes is uh, the Greek word for navigator, and it's an open source project that came out of Google many years back. It used to be called the Borg project, but because they didn't <laughs> want to be perceived as evil, <laughs> a good name change was in order. Borg aren't evil, they're just, you know, doing what the Borg does. So, so yes, absolutely. So <laughs> um, it is a platform that is designed to help businesses deploy their modern application architectures more seamlessly uh, by abstracting kind of lower level infrastructure. So mm -hmm. specifically, kind of we have this thesis going into our platform. We believe the world is moving to containerization. And for those folks that don't know what containerization is, you know, uh, when we first started using computers in data centers, it was like physical computers, and then it moved to virtual computers. And containers are that kind of the next slimmer version of a virtual computer, where you strip away all of the hardware, and it basically is the smallest possible unit of deployment. So we know that the world is moving there, and all enterprises, even the laggards, even healthcare, will be there in five to seven years, for example. And then if that's true, then you need a management platform. And Kubernetes is the management platform of these small container units, but it's very complex to run. You need a lot of scale and we're short of engineers. Like frankly speaking, you know, we're millions of jobs, op job openings globally for engineering talent and we just can't fill those rules. So roles. So our vision is, well, what if we had an autonomous platform that would just take care of all the infrastructure, infrastructure crud, if you will, and mm -hmm. let human beings kind of elevate themselves to a higher level of creativity and focus on the interesting problems to solve as opposed to problems that can be solved by machines. So that's kind of our, ba our, our background vision. If you are a customer using Kubernetes today in any of those three public clouds, you need to be speaking to us because you're definitely overspending. Mm. Um, and, and we have uh, a great set of tools and technologies to help lower that cloud bill almost immediately within hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, again, uh, I'm I'm definitely on the lay side of things. You know, I, I I do I know what I know pretty well. I don't you know I don't have a CTO uh, within our organization. Um, but um, you know, we have had instances where um, we've used services from AWS. Um, you know, we've kind of out outsourced onto that platform. Is is there an intersection between uh, what Kubernetes is? And again, I, you know, again, <laughs> I'm going to do the best that I can. To, to, but Kubernetes is a platform and that, you know, because again, my background, like I know, you know, my SQL, you know, I know, you know, so maybe it's, I'm kind of in the right uh, area of the map. Sure. Yeah. So, AW, so, so if you're on AWS or on any other cloud, you could be using Kubernetes. So let me just kind of ah. break, break it down one level further. So these cloud providers, they're typically labeled themselves as infrastructure as service providers. So what does that mean? Ah. They'll rent you computers and disks and these low level services um, at, on build on an hourly cycle or 
actually build, you can be even build per minute. But, but basically you get these very discrete resources that you would normally have to put in data centers and you get them, um, you get the lowest level resources on a billing cycle that you can consume on demand, which means you use it, great, you pay for it, you don't use it, you shut it down and you don't pay for it. But then all of these clouds said, okay, well, that's great. We're selling infrastructure as a service, but what can we do to get more gross margin? Because that's becoming a very competitive market and, uh, and everyone has a similar service. So we're kind of getting squeezed out. So they build on that ecosystem. So what do they do? They offer MySQL as a service, as an mm-hmm. example. They offer many, many other platforms as a service. And one of them is this larger scale container orchestration platform called Kubernetes. So on AWS, it's called EKS. It stands for Elastic Kubernetes Service. On Google, it's called GKE, Google, Netis, uh, uh, Google Kubernetes Engine, and then Azure has one as well. So yes, you could you be, could be absolutely intersecting drugs. You could be on AWS, and you could be using Kubernetes at the same time. Yeah. And so you've been serving as the CTO uh, since July 2020. What is the, um, what's the background of CAST? Like, where did CAST come from? How long has it been around? And who's the kind of the founder visionary? So, yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a partnership. There's three founders in the company, the CEO, uh-huh. myself, and our chief product officer and evangelist. And we founded the idea for the platform together through a set of brainstorming sessions uh, back in 2019, I was still at Oracle at the time, and we had kind of put the capital structure together and started hiring uh, a team. And I didn't really get involved on a day-to-day basis until the, until 2020. Um, and we had done a lot of experimentation back uh, at that time to figure out what the market really needed. We had this vision, but we didn't really know what the intersection of the market, um, uh, what customers would be willing to adopt, how futuristic would they be willing to get? So we're all, uh, you know, we're all kind of behind the vision of the business and uh, and co-founders and investors in the business as well. Yeah, um, and historically, um, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, growth and and your clients, um, what, what has been the model for client attraction and growth for CAS? Because I know you you have a decent book of business. Yeah, so it, part of it is just the time we are in, in in the life cycle of the world right now. We just happen to have a really great product mm-hmm. that we've had a chance to hone over the last couple of years that is in, in great demand. But I think like even if we were in still in a boom period, there would still be places where customers, our customers would be looking for gross margin improvement, right? It's that, like imagine you're a software business, right? And the difference in your valuation, even in a boom cycle, if you can get to an 80% gross margin, versus a 60% gross margin is massive. And I, like yeah. to use, and I like to use like Snapchat as an example. I, you know, I, I kind of did a little piece on them last week after their earnings session. But if you look at what they spend in the cloud back in 2017, they were spending more money with AWS and Google than they were generating revenue. And it's, <gasps> it's gotten better since then, but the gross margin is still not great from a cost of goods perspective. Wow. So, Especially if you're a software company or at scale, you really need to be thinking about those input costs. And so I think even if we weren't in a downturn cycle, we would also be garnering a lot of attention. The way that we get our business is through a combination of partners, direct sales, and a lot of marketing effort, frankly, Josh. Mm. We have a free product that all customers can use to start. So you come to the website and you can install this little read-only agent. 
-hmm. And that, what that does is it communicates back to our data analysis platform every 15 seconds, the state of your environment. And we're starting to generate recommendations almost immediately. Now you can take those recommendations and not pay us a penny. You can use our reporting tools for free and continue to use them for free. And then we have a certain percentage of those customers that says, wow, this is enough value that I actually want to buy the software, the automation software that's part of the package. And what the difference between the free piece and the paid pieces is that when you turn on the automation software, we take over the clusters management and we start to scale it for you automatically, instantly reducing the cost. So imagine the differences between getting a report that says, do these 10 things versus a robot coming in and say, I got you, I'm going to clean this house up and just taking care of your estate completely. What do you imagine the world of um, cloud tech being like, or how will this affect, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm especially thinking of SMBs that are out there, um, but, you know, let's fast forward five years into the future. Are, are there any noticeable improvements, changes, evolutions that, that would affect, you know, rank and file business owners and leaders um, in, in any amount of significance? Yeah, there's a couple of interesting trends. So over the last couple of, well, since the computer was invented, we've have as a society experienced this thing called Moore's law for those. Yes, yes, yes. So computers double in power every, every 18 to 24 months. And as a result, they should have in price, right? So that that's the direct correlation. Mm. But all of that's been happening because we've been able to condense the number of transistors on a computer wafer. Now, what happens if that condensation stops? Why would it ever stop? Well, here's a reason why it would stop. If you have a global supply chain crunch and all of your research and development emphasis is in a place like Taiwan, which it is, mm -hmm. then what happens if Taiwan is destabilized and we don't have infrastructure investment in the rest of the world? We've never experienced this, right? And Taiwan has become a hot topic and then Business leaders may be wondering, well, well why, do, why do people care so much about Taiwan? It's just another place we outsource to. It turns out it's the home of Taiwan Semiconductor. It's the largest chip manufacturer by far for semiconductors. And the investment is entirely concentrated there. So if we don't get our act together kind of in the Western part of the world, we are going to find ourselves not only short of rare earth materials, which China is doing a great job in, but also sem semiconductor um, uh, improvements and that and for the first time we might see computer costs starting to inflate <gasps> globally and so Moore's law could break theoretically right and then we have a real problem because all of a sudden computing we can't take for granted the fact that our input costs are decreasing over time so that's one big macro trend that everyone like you might notice it because you ordered a new car and you just can't get that that new electric vehicle because the chips aren't available, but the systemic, systemic problem is actually far deeper and greater. So we need to get over this hurdle before we kind of can see consistent improvement, both in cost and technology investment and advancement. But then there are also a few other systemic problems in the cloud industry. And this is kind of a key existential moment for the cloud. So right now we've seen a ton of businesses saying, I don't want to host my infrastructure or applications in-house anymore. I, you know, I don't want to deal with data centers. I'm just going to move it all to the cloud. And the promise is it's more secure, it's cheaper, it's yeah. more flexible, all of that. But there is a tipping point where if it continues to get more expensive, 
business leaders are going to wake up and say, wait a minute, maybe this migration doesn't make sense. Maybe it makes sense to go backwards and mm. recreate some of this infrastructure back into things that I have control over where I have better control of our costs. And that's what we think is the, the real existential problem in three to five years when the growth of, you know, Google Cloud is growing at 40%, AWS is growing at 40% yeah. year over year. These are fantastic businesses. But what happens when that growth starts to slow? We might see a repatriation. And that's kind of the next kind of danger trend that I see. And we're working really hard to make sure that doesn't happen for our customers. Fascinating. Leon Cooperman, CTO of cast your website is cast.ai uh, when somebody goes to cast.ai you guys have a really great blog um you produce a lot of great content um and what are some kind of next level things that people can do if they've heard our conversation and and they want to start diving into the cast world yeah so uh absolutely you can take a look at this free tool that we have you don't have to talk to a human you just install it yourself it'll generate a savings report for you and it'll tell you if there's value to be had by the platform. They'll yeah. tell you how much we're going to be able to save you. And then if you want to talk to a human, um, it's a it's a one click away. And then we have a kind of a proof of concept process that le that lets your engineers talk to our engineers and we kind of guide you through what an onboarding looks like. And it's pretty white glove service. That's what one of the things customers love about our platform. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we really get into the savings element that way. So that's a really easy way. And if you just want to do some research, all of our documentation is public. All of our tools are kind of in GitHub and open source um, for all of the samples. So you can really learn a lot about us without engaging in the sales process, so to speak. Now, Leon Cooperman's Chief Technology Officer at CAST, found on the web at cast.ai. Leon, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, great to speak to you and great questions. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.